Okay, now it's time for the scripture. <laughs> and the scripture comes from the second chapter of Acts, verses 41 to 47. So those who, were welcomed, who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. To God. So when we think about the people who met that Pentecost Sunday, and they became baptized, and they were all together sharing. I wonder what Jesus thought if Jesus would have been there. I'd like to share with you out of a book by Joyce Rupp. I don't think I've shared Joyce Rupp with you. This is entitled Out of the Ordinary, and the title of this is Jesus, what were the joys of your ministry? Did your heart skip a beat when you realized how much power you had for healing? Did you want to leap for joy when you saw the immense happiness of those who had been restored to good health? Were you sometimes astounded by the strong, intense movement of generous love within you? Did this bountiful kindness pour easily into your relationships and amaze you with its beauty and goodness? Was the beauty of the earth a cause of hope for you? Did you have a sense of satisfaction as the sacredness and goodness of created things helped you find metaphors for your teachings? Could you find enjoyment in the challenging conversations you had with your disciples and with strangers? Was it exciting and rewarding to discuss the brave opinions and ideas that you had? Were you able to forget the tough parts of your work when you played with children, celebrated at weddings, walked through fields of ripened grain, and filled your eyes with the beauty of flowers? When you returned to your home in Nazareth, did the smell of freshly baked bread and the strength of your mother's welcoming embrace and help you to feel cherished? Did your visits with her nourish both your body and your spirit? Jesus, help us to enter into the joyful dimensions of our work. Let us not be so involved and serious about our work that we miss the many pleasures and joys that are inherent in it. Lighten us up when we feel our work's heaviness. May we remember that we need balance in our lives, 
that laughter and leisure are essential for our total health. Take us to sources of zest and enthusiasm without guilt or hesitation. May our work become, for your kingdom, one of the playgrounds of our lives. So when we talk about core values, and I'm going to be spending a couple of weeks talking about core values for you, I have to tell you that I can't tell you what your core values as a church are. But I can tell you what my core values are. And maybe that'll give you an idea of what I'm talking about. The most important core value to me is understanding that I am a beloved child of God. That's one of my core values. It keeps me going when I feel like I'm worthless. It keeps me going when I don't understand what's going on around me. It keeps me moving forward. So a core value of knowing that I'm a beloved child of God, that I have worth and value just as I am, is kind of important to me. Another core value that I have comes directly out of my childhood, comes directly out of my upbringing, comes directly from my father, which I said I was not going to preach about my father again. Um, when we talk about stewardship, stewardship is one of those words that sometimes really is considered a four-letter word. And I being love until this campaign. But I truly believe in stewardship in all of its forms. Stewardship means taking good care. And it doesn't mean taking good care of only the church budget. It means taking good care of the earth, taking good care of yourself, taking good care of those things that you have been blessed with. For me, taking good care means that I run to the doctor for all this stuff. By the way, I failed my stress test. I didn't study hard enough. <laughs> so the thing is that taking care of ourselves and not ignoring what's going on is really important for us. It makes me really angry when I listen to my sister say, the doctor told me to do thus and such, and I decided not to because it isn't convenient for me. But, you know, that's, it's not her core value, it's my core value. Um, taking care of the planet is really, really important to me, and I recycle everything I can. And you will not find a paper towel in my house. I haven't bought paper towels except for when I went camping in about 30 years. This is why God created washing machines and rags abound. There's hundreds of thousands of rags around, so just pick them up and use them and wash them and use them again. Plus the fact they don't fill up your garbage can. So between Knowing I am a beloved child of God and stewardship, those are two big core values.
Another core value for me is the excitement of learning something about opening a book that has not been read yet and cracking it open. And books have a distinct smell, but there's something just really exciting about that. And inside that book is something I didn't know before. A group that I have been part of a study group with, um, they're in, actually they're in Lansing, this group that does a Zoom meeting, and I hadn't heard from them this fall. And while I was away, they're starting tomorrow. I'm so excited, I can't stand it. But we, I had to order my book, and when I got home on, what day did I come home? Friday. Um, I had this new book, and it was brand new, and it came in its little Amazon bag. And when I opened it up, I thought, what will this book teach me? What is new? Now, for those of you who are in the group that is doing The Universal Christ, this is another Roar book, The Naked Now, and I've read the first 17 pages, and I am really excited about what this book is going to teach me. Part of the reason I'm here is that it was something new, something I hadn't done before, something, a place I hadn't been. This is exciting to me. If I were one of those people who says I'm not moving out of my comfort zone ever, I probably wouldn't be here. And I probably wouldn't be an interim at all because being an interim means you're willing to be a risk taker. Also means that you say hard things. So, here I am. So there's excitement in learning new things, going to new places, uncovering things that I didn't know before. Another core value for me is relationships. And that's relationships with family, relationships with people I meet, relationship with God. I don't take that lightly. I don't take any relationships lightly. It pains me when relationships end. It pains me when I see people angry at one another and not speaking. It hurts my heart when people ignore me. I put a lot of effort into relationships. And I was able over this past week to see someone that I probably haven't seen in 20 or 25 years. We did camping things together a long time ago, but then she went off to do other things and has recently come back to the Upper New York Conference. And I was able to see her. And when we met, we both burst into tears across a parking lot and said, where did all those years go? And we were able to sit down and share a meal together and realized that we picked up the conversation right where we left it off. And that was a blessing and a gift, but a rela relationships are vastly important to me. So what I'm going to be asking you to do in the new year is to think about what it is in this 
congregation, what it is about this church that excites you, that makes you feel like you are abundantly alive? What is it that, about this church that brings you great joy? What is so important to you about this church that it's a non-negotiable issue? There's a lot of things to celebrate, but what's non-negotiable? Things that I see are important are music, worship, fellowship. These are things that I'm able to already identify as things that are important to you as a congregation. But I can also tell you what isn't important is meetings, committees. That's not important. Stuff gets done anyway. Money. If money is a core value, you're on the wrong road. We need a certain amount of money to make sure things get done. But if all you're focusing on is a large endowment, you're on the wrong road, folks. You are on the wrong road. An endowment is a wonderful thing to have if you have a plan to go along with it. What is the endowment for? Nobody's been able to give me any kind of an answer to that question. And I bet half of you don't even know how much money is in the endowment. It's a lot. So really, what's important to you? And the question I want you to ponder between now and the new year, especially in this time when we are talking about stewardship, what would be missing in this community if Wesley United Methodist Church ceased to exist? Think about it. That's an assignment. What would be missing in this community, in your lives, if Wesley United Methodist Church ceased to exist? And I got that question from Suda Devadar, your bishop, my friend, at my very first church conference that I ever attended as a pastor. The answers to that question will absolutely guide you in a process of identifying your core values. What's important enough that you would fight for it? What is important enough? What are you passionate enough about that you would say, that's a hill I will die on? There aren't many hills that I will die on. But one hill I will die on is the divinity that resides within me and the divinity that resides within you. All of us have a God light in us that makes us worthy. We are worthy. One of the ways we can know that we are worthy 
is when we come to this table of the Lord, when we come to celebrate communion together. The word community, the word communal, the word communion are all the same root. It means being together. And when we come to this table, we aren't just together with one another. We are together with Jesus the Christ. We join with him our hearts and our minds. For me, communion is why I got ordained. To be able to celebrate communion and to celebrate baptism because, hey, I like kids, but to celebrate baptism and communion as sacramental, we can't do that if we're not ordained. And I need to be able to do that, to lead that sacrament, to share with you the beauty and the depth of what it means to join our hearts together with Jesus. For me, that's a core value. I ask you to think about what it is that you get out of communion. What do you anticipate and what do you receive? As we come to this table, we know that it's not my table, it's not your table. This is God's table. We're invited here because we are the family of God. We come here knowing that we belong to God and that God is here in this place with us. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's no one who is not worthy to receive. But we remember that Jesus met with his disciples. He sat with them. He ate with them. He washed their feet. But at the end of their meal, he took bread. He broke it, blessed it and offered it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Every time you eat of it, remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup, blessed it, and offered it to his disciples, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for forgiveness of sin. Every time you drink of it, Remember me. And so we come to this table to be joined not only with one another, but to be joined with God, to know that we take in this bread and cup and we are becoming with God, one for the world, one for each other, one for everyone we meet. We ask that God will bless everyone here and bless this table of bread and cup that we will be joined together with Jesus, not just today, but in all that we do. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>